Okay, I bet those birds come up in this recording. It's all right, they're just providing ambiance. <laughs> okay. Hello and welcome to Fuck Me Dead, the podcast that brings you the stories from Australia and its buddies that just make you say, fuck me dead. (laughs) I'm Charles Jellington. (laughs) What? Is that what CJ stands for, is it? Today it is, sure. (laughs) I'm Amanda. Sorry, at the end of your intro there, it kind of sounded like you ran out of breath. So fucking HSP. (laughs) Any day now, Coke will send us that sponsorship deal. It's not recording a podcast if I don't have a Coke Zero now. Okay. It's just not right. It's like a routine. Get the mic set up, get it all set up, do the test, have a Coke. At least I'm not drinking flat beer this week. <laughs> I'm having a water. Oh. Flat water. Boring. Like I fear my first story might actually be. <laughs> if I can even remember it, because I wrote these last week. Oh, wow. You're organized. Well, no, because I, dr- I wrote three stories last week. I only oh, got to use yeah, one of them because, because we talked I about wouldn't... aliens for 30 million years. Yeah, because I wouldn't shut up about Fred Valentich. We didn't get to all your stories. <laughs> Sorry about that, but I hope you... No, it means I had to do no work this week, so... That's true. I wasn't prepared ahead of time at all. That's okay. I'm going to have to give a... uh, Well, I'll do it when we get to it, but there'll definitely be a bit of a content warning for my second story. Oh, okay. What were you asking me earlier for our advertising tweet for? When I, like, just, like, something for, um, new episode dropping tweet. That you said, pick something that's somewhat related to my stories? Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe screw the pooch was a bit literal. Oh... Okay, don't think I like where this is heading, but whatever. We're doing I guess it. we're going to find out. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's been your answer for many weeks now. Nothing's happening. No, n- nothing is happening. Yep. Nothing at all. We're coming up to my fourth week of not leaving the house <laughs> at all. <laughs> Why are you shaking your head? I don't know. It just seems weird that you haven't left the house in four weeks. Nope. No one else has seen you in a month except for me. You could have murdered me and no one would have known. Of course you'd think that. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a lie. Work would have noticed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, that's true. The work, work has seen you because they make you do a um, FaceTime call once a week. Which is the worst thing, by the way. I will use any excuse to get out of it. Workplaces that do this, stop. <laughs> <laughs> My stories this week are probably pretty short and snappy. Cool. I, th- I was thinking maybe I should go first because I think my first story might be a bit boring. Then why did you pick it? I don't know. It seemed funny at the time <laughs> when I read the headline. You know, I, that happens to me so often. Like, I'll read something and go, oh my god, that's funny. Bookmark it. And then I'll come back to it and go, why did I bookmark this? Mm. That happens to me all the time. Yeah, I think I was more okay with this story last week. And then I read the headline. I'm like, oh no, I don't know if I still wanted to do this one. But it's too late now, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's fine. We're well, going yeah. to be talking about super. How exciting. Okay, that's going to be probably the most boring subject we could possibly talk about on this podcast. And then I feel like my last story is not a good one to leave on because it's... Uh, So that's the reason you want me to go... Second. Okay, cool. Do you like Paul Keating? I barely remember him. When he was Prime Minister, I was very much a child. He was the one before Howard? He was the one before Howard. And I feel like Howard was in forever. Yeah, so I Keating's grew up going with back Howard being early. the Prime Minister. As far as like I can remember, John Howard was always the PM of Australia before I, and when I moved here. Such a fucking long time, honestly. Um, so I think Keating must have been in the late 80s and very early 90s. Yeah, I was, I was definitely a child. I don't think I understood politics at the time that he was Prime Minister, but I knew who he was, hmm. obviously. Would you say he's a baby boomer? Ooh. I'd say he was probably definitely born at the right time to be a baby boomer. I don't know. Is he that old? Paul Keating? Yeah. I'd say so. Okay, I mean, that that wouldn't have popped into my mind straight away. I wouldn't have gone Paul Keating as a boomer. But maybe I should have, by the way, that you're looking at me. <laughs> well, I mean, my parents are considered boomers. And they're not that old. What? No. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah, my dad falls in the boomer range and my mum's on the very tail end of it. Oh, well, that sucks for them. Don't worry, they're not. Like, there are any boomers in terms of the years they were born. So what year is a boomer, technically? Um, hang on, let's find out. Baby boomers. Yeah, 1946 to 1964. Hmm, that's interesting. To 1964, you said? Yep. So my mum only barely scraped into the... Gen, Gen X, X, I think, is yeah. after boomers. 1965 to 1980, yeah. Yeah. And then millennials. Yay. That's us, <laughs> woo! Yay. What a great generation to be born into. It, it, I think the shit thing about millennials is that I don't think we're going to do anything great. Nah. 
It's it's going to be the generation after us. It happens, I suppose. If people always say that like Gen Xs are like the forgotten generation because they literally did nothing. Mm. They just did pretty much the same thing that their parents did, except money got a little harder. Yeah. Then millennials, where money is impossible unless you already have money. And <laughs> uh, I feel like we were still taught those same things about, you know, what you what was possible. But now I feel like the generation under us is realizing that things can be done in a very different way. Yeah. Which I think is exciting. Good for them. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. Finally, someone's doing something. I'll continue <laughs> to live my life with no real agency and just waiting to either become filthy rich or die. I mean, that was my plan. Pro- probably probably <laughs> going to be the, the, the second one, not the first, unfortunately. Mm. These things happen. Oh, well. Anyway, who are we talking about? Paul Keating. Sorry, I got sidetracked on the generational <laughs> stuff. because Oh, it's more interesting than my story. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, but as I said, so Paul Keating, probably definitely a boomer. Okay. Let's let's assume. I don't know what year he was born, but... No, now that you've like said the years, I didn't realize that boomer went so late. It's anyone born after... It's like the post... It's all the World War II babies, basically, because that's when the baby boom was. The war ended, and then everyone came back and started fucking. I mean, I get it. Interesting aside, I think John Howard is the oldest living prime minister of Australia. Really? Yeah. Okay. So he's actually older than Keating, I think, as well? That does not surprise me at all. Which is, I think that's why it's I was weird surprised. to think about though, because he's he was PM afterwards. But I mean, that doesn't mean anything. Could be I guess. PM at any age, really. Well, yeah. I mean, whoever takes over after Jacinda Ardern's probably going to be older than she is. Sad times. Mm. Anyway, so Paul Keating's actually having a go at other boomers. Oh, so he he doesn't like boomers. No, he thinks they're being hypocritical and stating <laughs> that they would never have put up with low wages and hex debts and calls to use their own super accounts to fund the COVID crisis. Is he wrong though? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. The thing is, like, it's, I don't know, it's such a weird thing because, like, my grandmother definitely falls into, like, peak boomer. Mm. And the kind of things that she would expect me to put up with are the things that she would never have put up with. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It's very strange. I don't don't know if it's just, like, that you're a child to them, no matter what age you are, Mm. or if it's, like, no, I think it might be that. It's just a bit of, like, shut up and do as I say kind of thing. Yeah. And it just keeps going through life. Forever. Which sucks. <laughs> so Keating warns young workers with low income have spent nearly $40 billion from their super accounts already. Bloody hell. Which, coincidentally, is also how much ScoMo's government has spent on a stimulus packages such as JobKeeper. So the government, That's interesting. The government has spent a little bit more than or just as much as all the young workers who have had to dip into their tiny super accounts. Super's a flawed system anyway. I can't see there ever being a point that I'll have enough in there to be able to retire. Well, that's why they're actually looking at raising the amount of super. Right. That's very also disappointing. Because <laughs> <laughs> that just means you'll have less money in your pocket. But, Hopefully yeah. not. So he made these comments at an industry super event, uh, which he also condemned babyface liberals of campaigning against an increase to young workers super and noted that Gen X Australians, born from the years 1965 to 1980, Ryan. Uh, will never have enough money to retire if they do not increase the super now. Well, that's what I mean. That's why it's it's a flawed system because, okay, say you do that, that just means in another, like, 20 years you're going to have to raise it again. Just to con- continually raise it. But it still works out to be cheaper than having everyone living on the doll. Yeah, of course, because the government's not paying for it. Exactly. But the other side of that is that you pay taxes your entire life to get what from it? Retirement money. Except you don't because... You it doesn't pay enough. Super. That's why he's saying they need to pay more. That's what he's arguing. He's saying they're not paying enough into super. He's saying, yes, it's flawed, but you can fix it by just making sure people have more super. Yeah, but that just also means that an already struggling economy has less to spend. Maybe. So, quote here, you cannot have a decent income in retirement without self-provision. Otherwise, you would have people on the pension, which is now $23,000 a year, I assume. Or oh my God, that is so low. Or $540 a week, which is pretty much all of our rent. Yeah, I don't know how you would live on that. That would leave us with only like $100 after rent, basically. Yeah. The whole thing is that Super was based on you owning your own home. Most millennials probably won't own a home. No. The only chance we have of owning homes is if either the bubble finally bursts or somehow all the boomers die and all their properties go on the market somehow instead of to their kids. And don't suddenly go to investors. Mm. Yeah, don't see that happening. Yeah. I don't know why you'd buy a new home anyway. They're made out of fucking cardboard and graham crackers. Yeah, I've lived in multiple new homes at this point and I'll never do it again. They're fucking shit. <laughs> do you know the Coles on the corner of Parramatta Road and Church Street in Parramatta near the McDonald's? Yep. They build apartments on top of that? Right, okay. Those apartments are only like five years old now. No, they lived there a few years ago when they were only five years old and they're already falling apart. And now there's like uh, someone suing the developer of the building because they're just falling apart. Doesn't surprise me. 
I think that's going to happen at the place we were living in prior. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the the place we lived in before. For raising the heart of those buildings are just going to collapse like cardboard houses because that's what they are. Yeah, pretty much. We accidentally peeled off some paint and it was literally cardboard under there. If you sneeze too hard at the wall, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if a hole formed in it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Plus the water feature that um, erupted from Which our kitchen. One? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so quote here. Take my generation, the baby boomer. Sorry, he must be because he says he is. Right, okay. They want everything yesterday and they want it doubled now. That's true. It's a fair statement. If there was no super, they wouldn't be wanting $23,000 a year. They'd be wanting 50000 now. Fair enough. I think 50000 a year in retirement is fair. Yeah, I think so too. You, uh, That's d- pretty much what I live on, on now working. So yeah. you can get you can, by. You can get by. I don't live a great, luxurious life, but I'm not. I mean, you're probably not going to be going on cruises twice a year, but no, you'd, you'd be able yeah. to survive. Okay, okay, I'm paycheck to paycheck, but uh, realistically, if I cut a few things here and there, it wouldn't have to be that bad. But there are also things I enjoy, so I'm not going to do that. Yeah, you know? yeah no, that's fine. I hate that. They're always like, oh, just don't do that. I'm like, but then everything is so dull and boring, I'll probably end up killing myself. I mean, that's <laughs> the thing, you know, I feel like we could probably save a, a bit of money if we didn't, you know, have takeout so much. But I'm in isolation. It's the only thing I have to look forward to. So fuck you, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Yeah. Or it's like, oh, just don't go out. I'm like, no, I yeah. like going well, Okay, we can't at the moment. But way back when, when you could go out. <laughs> you know, I enjoyed doing it. Is it the most financially wise decision I ever make? No. I see that. It's realistically a waste of money, but also like I enjoy it. It's fun. It's something different. I mean, it, it comes a point of enjoyment versus money. Yeah. And well, life is short. I think I'd rather exactly. go with the enjoyment. Like I should save money for that house. I could be dead before that. I even saved that house, and I wasted all that time. I mean, at this point, you probably definitely be dead before you pay it off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so look at these young people. I mean, a lot of them are on low wages. Yes, they carry the hex debt, which I thankfully never got because one, I'm not eligible for it, and two, I didn't know I wanted to study at university, so I never went. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, what's the average hex debt? Like forty thousand. Oh, easily. That's before it starts charging interest? Yeah, I was going to say easily. It also depends on what kind of degree you do. Mm. Hex charge around their neck before they start, and they have trouble accommodating themselves. Where are we saying, oh, by the way, can you look after the rest of us aged people? It's just fanciful nonsense. That's true, because boomers expect young people to pay to look after them now. And because the population's aging, I guess there'll be lots of jobs in aged care, but I don't want to go look after these people. (laughs) I definitely couldn't work in aged care, personally. but No. Just don't think I'm built for it. So over half a million young Australians have emptied their super accounts. Jeez. Which, I mean, I have a super account. I've been working for nearly 10 years now. There's not a lot in there. Same. I haven't made any additional contributions to it over the years, but there's not a lot in there. Mainly because I can't really afford to make the extra contributions. I was going to say, I don't know how I would make those anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So there's a planned superation guarantee that people now want to delay because of coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So the guarantee is to lift workers' wages by 2.5% by 2025, but only if it goes into the super. So currently, I think businesses have to pay 9% of your wage into yep. super. They want that increase to 12, sorry, 9.5%. They want that increase to 12%, but only if it goes into your super. So you'll get a pay rise technically, but your take-home pay won't change. Okay. You'll just get extra money put into your super by your employer. Okay. So that's what they want. Opposed to this increase claim that all it means is employers won't increase the take-home wages of staff for a few years to compensate. Yeah, no, that it was absolutely my first thought is that you will not get a pay rise for a long time. But I also feel like I never get a pay rise anyway. Most, like I've worked in a lot of corporate offices and most they will give you a pay rise at least for to cover inflation. So it's usually like 3% or whatever. I, like, that's true. Like, I've heard that. But this year has been the only year where I've ever noticed that my pay has actually gone up after like when the enterprise agreement changes or the mm. year changes. I know at my old jobs have always said they're doing it, but I've never felt the change. Probably not because it's meant to just offset inflation. So you're not really getting a pay rise. But it's just yeah. not making your life more difficult, <laughs> if that makes sense. But those are always worked into enterprise agreements. So I still I don't see how they could get rid of that because that's like a debate between the employers and the work employee. I don't think that there's any regulations around whether a company has to do it. I've definitely worked for companies that just didn't do it. Ew. So I, I don't think legally they have to. And so if you're going to force them all to pay 2.5% more. Which is about a standard increase for inflation anyway. So really yeah, so that should only affect you're just one not going to get it. For one year. I don't know. Like, I don't know. businesses will do anything to not have to pay more. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> So I'm not sure if it'll last only for a year. Anyway, so Keating went on to say that without the super increase, all of Gen X will be forced to live on government pensions and retirement, which will... Mm -hmm. So that's incentive for the government to force corporations to fucking pay their employees. 
Yeah. Which I feel like is what you need because they're not going to listen to the employees really. Unless you start forming unions again, guys. You know what? This is so off topic. But like that, the whole anti-union thing is so weird to me. Where like workers are anti-union. And I'm like, you know that that works for you. My industry, you're basically outcast if you don't join the union in my industry. Well, yeah, I used to be a postie (laughs) and it was the same there. Like, it was weird to not be in the union. Like, Yeah, bloody scabs. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, what do you think the life expectancy at the moment is for a Gen Xer? Ooh, probably higher than I think. So let's say average baby boomers, they're probably going to be dying in their 80s, 90s. Gen Xers, on average, are expected to live 105 to 110 years. Whoa! And they're still meant to retire at 65. So you only work for 40 years and then you've got to spend another 40 years on your savings? Get fucked. See, I mean, there's a part of me that's like, it should, like, the retirement age should be, like, 65. That's too young. Oh, fuck off. Are you kidding me? You're going to make me, like, my old age, you're going to make me work? My dad, he never plans to retire. He, because he's seen so many of his friends retire and then, like, two years later they die. I mean, that is a thing. I think... You retire and then you do nothing for two years. And you're like, well, this is boring. And then you sort of die. So I'll just end it on a quote here. Look, the thing is, anyone born in the 1970s, and I've got children born in the 1970s, will live now until 105 or 110. In other words, if they save for 40 years, from, say, 25 to 65, they'll be relying on those savings for another 40 years. This cannot happen with a pool of funds of 9.5%. It's not large enough to do that. The argument for 12% is a very basic argument for adequacy. If you've got people living longer, what case is there possibly to not have 12%? And I agree with that. I think it should be raised, but I'm also, I agree with the counter-argument that the businesses will just screw you if you take home pay. Yeah. So, like, I absolutely, I mean, businesses would take any excuse to not pay anyway. So I feel the government, so- <laughs> and I know the go- current government won't, because ScoMo will be like, well, you should just pray to my God that whatever, <laughs> to let you fuck children and get money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most of what you said, yes. Um <laughs> So I, I feel like the government needs to force the increase to happen and then also force businesses to say, no, you can't refuse people their standard pay rise. The thing is, r- regulate it all. Say, okay, you have to pay them 12%, but you also enforce that the 3% or whatever it is every year has to happen as well. That's the answer. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, that was a very um weird conversation about retirement and savings. Yes, things I'll probably never have to worry about. Look, savings, I, what's that? I haven't had that in like two and a half years. Look, I might work in, work in accounts, but I am not an accountant and I cannot give financial advice, so just disregard everything. <laughs> My else. advice is, what do you want to do? I don't know if it'll work for women. Probably actually. But um, if you're a man, you want to go to China, right? Because in China, culturally, after the age of 30, women become really undesirable. So there's lots of really wealthy 30 plus year old women in China who can't get a partner. <laughs> go marry them. That's that's your advice. That's my advice. That's your life advice. Go find yourself a rich Chinese cougar. I mean, is this where you leave me uh, after a certain age to go to China to find a rich wife? No. <laughs> but if you're single and struggling, <laughs> the, the, there's your out. That, that's it. That or you start an OnlyFans. Those are your options in life now. Oh, those are the only two options. <laughs> you could learn to draw porn. That seems to pay pretty well as well. That's one thing I regret, not learning to draw so I could just draw tits for money. I might be able to learn how to do that. We'll see how I go. Mm. <laughs> Am I ever going to be able to start my first story? I suppose you can start now. Now I feel like it's not going to live up to the hype. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my first story is about an animal. Oh, is it an animal we've had on the show before? Yes. Okay, so our options are snakes, mm-hmm. dogs. Have we had dogs on the show before? No. Is this another black cat story? No, it's not. It's not. Is the anti chinas coming back? No. <laughs> Love that little mouse. Shark. Um. Trevor Bilston, or as he's better known, Pud. I don't know what kind of nickname that is or what it's meant to be short for, but Pud. Okay. Was worried that he'd lost his best mate, a cockatoo named Dundee. We haven't had cockatoos on the show before, have we? Yeah, we have. They destroyed NBN lines, remember? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Cockatoo Um, named Dundee. Dundee. And Dundee is best known for beer drinking and cigarette smoking. Fuck yeah. (laughs) This is a ridiculous story, by the way. Is this from the Northern Territory by chance? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, he flew away from a fishing shack in Bino Harbour. Bino Harbour? I think that's how you say it. In southeast Darwin last month. Dundee is well known to locals for his bad behaviour, including drinking out of any beer can he can find and chewing on cigarette butts at the local pub. Wow. 
I don't. I feel like this couldn't get more Australian. This is just the cockatoo version of those fucking deros you find at <laughs> yeah. petrol, at uh, the train stations. But like, he can get away with it a bit more because he's a bird. And he's a big bird, so like, no one's gonna try and stop you. <laughs> I wonder what he says because he's a cockatoo, so he can speak. I wonder what he says. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't say anything about two dollars for the bus. <laughs> We had one at school in New Guinea that always said, hello, cocky. This one, we were like, hello, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the pair have been reunited after Pud received a phone call from an animal shelter in Berry Springs, which is over 100 k's away, saying that Dundee had been handed in. We found a cockatoo. He keeps asking for a beer. Do you know whose it is? <laughs> <laughs> what, beer, was he, what beer does he drink? Oh, he said any Any. Fine, not alcoholic. picky. Not picky. What do they drink in Northern Territory? Great Northern? I guess. I, I don't know beers. The theory was that the eight-year-old bird had gone off searching for a girlfriend, got lost, and was shortly after spotted nicking beers at the local pub <laughs> and was handed into an animal shelter. He's probably like, they probably know about this cockatoo from 100 kilometers away. <laughs> yeah, maybe like just everyone in the Northern Territory has heard of this bird. <laughs> Dundee is a companion animal that helped Pud after he suffered a stroke several years ago. Pud raised Dundee from a chick after he found him while he was landscaping in his backyard. Both Pud and Pud's carer, Terry, have agreed that it's time to get Dundee on a health kick and off the beers. <laughs> oh, no. Get him off the beers. I mean, he's already <laughs> eight, isn't he? Yeah. Cockatoos live for a long time, don't they? I'd assume so, because most of those big parrots live for like 50, 60 years. Yeah. So he's a... He's a young'un. I thought that was a... I, I, I read the headline. Hang on, wait. I'll, I'll read the headline out. Oh, there you go. It used to actually be VB of all fucking things with the Northern Territory's most popular beer. Ew. Uh, but now it is Great Northern. And I will say Great Northern is a much better beer. As far as like mass-produced schlocky beers go in Australia, Great Northern is one I of the better gonna ones. I was going to say, isn't pretty much anything better than a VB? VB or a Tui's? Oh, that's, yeah, that's a tough call. Probably go to the VB. <laughs> I mean, I've never tried a VB, but I've definitely had a Tui's and it's fucking terrible. I haven't had a lot of Tui's. I've had more VB's than Tui's. But yeah, the uh, the headline was, Missing Cockatoo Named Dundee with a habit for of beer and cigarettes is mysteriously found 100Ks from his home. <laughs> and I went, yes, that is a story I need to do on the podcast. <laughs> uh, any of your other stories about animals? Because my next two both feature animals prominently. Um, no. Okay. Kind of forgotten what I'd written this morning. Oh, <laughs> Dundee the Cockatoo. <laughs> Okay. Um, so as I mentioned, a little bit of a warning before this story. Okay. Uh, it involves bestiality. Oh, okay. With the dog. Oh. So. I'll I'll leave a timestamp in the episode notes. Fantastic. And uh, away we go with the headline here. Do not view. Delete if we die. Former couple committed morally repugnant. At repugnant? 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 Sure. Rep. Ug. Nant. <laughs> Act against dog Supported by Catherine Birmingham For news.com.au And as I said Content warning The story contains bestiality This is your last chance Ugh. It's I don't go into huge details About it Good I don't want to hear Obviously them. That's not mentioned in the story at all But I just thought I should let you people know I'm also not naming Either of the couple we'll, we'll just w- Were they it. named in the article? Oh yeah Okay And their lawyers so, I mean, if you're really curious, you can uh, follow the you links. Can, you You'll find, find out. <laughs> so, a former couple from South Australia. Now. Former couple, so they're not together not anymore? Not together anymore, yes. The way they worded it in the news article, though, made it sound like they were formerly South Australian. Yeah, I was, I was a bit confused <laughs> for a second then. And I'm like, no, I think formerly that means South they're Australian? split. Yeah, they, they split. Badly worded. Very. Has pleaded guilty to bestiality performed on their pet dog after police found 16 videos in a folder oh, that's disgusting. on their computer labeled Do Not View, Delete If We Die. The videos were filmed on three separate dates in March 2017. I hate everything about this, by the way. The woman's lawyer said the 36-year-old mother of six... Oh my God! ...was, quote, thoroughly disgusted with herself and did not have a sexual interest in, quote, this type of behavior. Really? Mm-hmm. Because uh, the evidence says differently. 16 videos, yeah. The offending arose out of an extensive sexual experimentation between the couple in which they engaged in risque activities. From the perspective of Mrs. She thought this was something her partner wanted. And from his perspective, he thought it's what she wanted. Oh, so they're just blaming each other. Instead of taking responsibility for the bullshit they did. Yeah. So either it's either I I mean, uh, it's either been a horrible misunderstanding. Unlikely. Don't get 16 videos from a horrible misunderstanding. 16 videos in three different days. Like, if it was, like, one day of videos, maybe you could go... I don't know. I don't think I've ever um, come to a misunderstanding about something like that. (laughs) Oh, shit. I didn't mean to accidentally screw the pooch. So the videos were never distributed. 
Right. And the police only discovered them when the computer's hard drive was handed over to the police as part of an unrelated investigation. So did they willingly hand them over? They handed over the hard drives, by the sounds of it. It doesn't say they were willingly or not. Okay. Why didn't you delete it beforehand? That's, that's why I want to know. Like, if none of you were into this and you split up since then, why had neither of them thought to delete these videos sooner? They had them for three years. There's, there's why did they even like, film it in the first place? Yeah, that's another thing. There's part of me that's like, maybe they forgot, but I'm like, I don't know how you forget that. That's not your everyday am. Forcing yourself to forget? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. The woman's lawyer claims that the couple was unaware how severe the magnitude of the crime was. Oh, fuck off. Which, a point the judge actually agrees with. Quote, It is so rare, I'm sure that most people wouldn't be aware of the degree to which the law does not approve of it. It is an affront to public dignity. So I can understand how, because it hardly ever comes up because it's so fucked up, no one realises how like bad the punishment is. I don't think that you should not do it for fear of punishment. I agree. Just don't do it because it's yeah. wrong. Yeah. How about that? Prosecutor Georgina Venn says the crime is too serious for the couple to be given a suspended or home detention service. And I mean, really, home detention doesn't really mean these much at the moment anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't think South Australia is in lockdown, though. So, quote, it's obviously a highly unnatural activity for a dog to be engaged in. Yes. Really? <laughs> I, I um, feel I like that goes without saying. Uh, finally, it's unclear if the dog was harmed during any of the acts as it has since died before the videos were discovered. So it was their elderly dog, probably. Oh my god. So they were lawyers. No, no, no. Those were their lawyers. Oh, right. Talking on their behalf. Okay. I feel the media's being a bit meaner to her. Like, there's a photo of her. And of they course. It's, it's always a woman's her. fault. Let's like, be she's real. hiding her face, at least, which is, I mean, I can understand why she would be. But. You only sort of briefly get the guy's name mentioned once and then they barely spoke to his lawyer. And yeah. I mean, I don't know the particulars of the videos, but one could probably assume that she is more involved than he is. Possibly. So that might be the reason for that. I don't want to automatically jump to the sexist explanation. Didn't go into it much, shockingly. I don't want to know, to be yeah. honest. I, the less I know, the better. Going on about them not knowing how um, severe the punishment was is fucking stupid. That shouldn't matter. Yeah. I, I, I mean, for one, I think it would be common knowledge that it's a, at least illegal. Bad. No, but that it's a, at least illegal. There's a reason it says delete if we die. <laughs> mm. So you already know that it's illegal. You know that it's morally wrong to force something to do something that can't give consent. Why would you want to do it anyway? Again, I no. Because they thought that's what their partner wanted, so they claim. Uh, yeah, that's a bullshit excuse. They're just blaming each other. Mm. Yeah, 16 videos over three days is a bit... And even if it was the case, you still went through with it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I don't know how you could... Especially... Okay, so it's not a fetish thing. It's not a kink thing. Supposedly, no. Supposedly, no. So if we're going to believe that, then how could you go through with it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought that's what their partner wanted. Some fantasies are not meant to be lived out. No. And <laughs> if I if I thought my partner wanted to do that, I would just say fuck off. <laughs> There's, there's no way that I could ever envision thinking, oh, my partner wants me to do this. This is a good idea. Yeah. There's no way that any of it makes sense. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to leave it at that noise because I think that covers it all. <laughs> trying to find a segue. This also happens in South Australia. Dum -bum -bum. <laughs> so something fucked up is happening in South Australia right now. A lot of our stories come out of South Australia, I find. I'm not sure that I've noticed. I feel like I'm always doing ones out of South Australia where weird shit's happened. I don't think I really pay attention to where stories come from. Mm. <laughs> um, so yeah, warning, someone does die in this story. Someone dies in my last story too. So this is definitely not an episode where no one dies? Oh god, no. Okay. <laughs> Pretty standard fare for a podcast, really. Can't have a podcast without someone dying. It seems like it. Seems like it's a pattern. The Supreme Court has heard how a 22-year-old man believed killing a woman would reunite him with his parents who were living on another planet. What? You heard me correctly. What? <laughs> he believed killing a woman would reunite him with his parents who were living on another planet. What planet are they on? Mm. Are they also dead? I don't know. It doesn't actually say anything. Is he an orphan? I don't know. It doesn't say whether his parents are living or dead. So Okay. I'm not sure it matters, to be honest. He ended up randomly attacking a 36-year-old woman in Adelaide, slamming her head into the ground and killing her. Oh my god. Yeah. Quote from the persecutor, Carmen Matto, about his state of mind, I guess. I can't imagine it's good. No. 
It is his belief within this delusional belief system that he is living in a simulation which is controlled by those who he describes as his original parents who are said to occupy a planet somewhere outside the simulation. Part of his belief system is that he has been sent into the simulation with an alternate body and face but has maintained the same brain. Okay. So So he thinks he's in the Matrix. A little bit. And so I think that means that he believes his actual biological parents are not really his parents. His parents are outside of the simulation. Yeah. So that makes sense now. Um, yeah. Okay. But I mean, that's quite a... I don't think it's going to hold up in court. N- no, probably not. He also said that by killing the woman, the man believed that it would lead to a supernatural event. And after the murder, he'd be able to experience a good life. Okay. So clearly there's some things going on with this guy. The man has suffered from severe mental health issues since the age of 15, including schizophrenia. There Um, we go. Prior to killing the woman, the man had planned to kill his father and had attacked two strangers in the six weeks before he killed the woman. He had even warned medical professionals that he was feeling homicidal. And they still let him out back on the street. Instead of reporting it, the doctors trusted him to continue taking his antipsychotic medication. Oh my god. feel like that may have been a mistake. I feel like homes these people can go to until they get better well okay that's probably part of the the problem with how we in australia deal with mental health is that i know in new south wales in particular i don't know if it was the rest of the country shut down a lot of their mental health facilities so there wasn't really anywhere for these people to go mind you apart from home with their family i've had chances of being in mental health institutions in their lives and but this was like the bad ones with these like electroshock people and shit so so i'm assuming this was a long time ago yeah apparently electroshock is still a valid form of therapy see it's hard because part of me feels like we really need these institutions because you can't really lock these people away in prison that's not the right solution but i don't think they should be allowed to be in the public space in that mindset i mean i feel like definitely if especially in this case where he's like i feel like i'm gonna kill someone yeah like i definitely let him go out and trust he's gonna take the pills yeah i feel like if someone said like if you are in therapy or whatever and a a patient says to you or even a gp or whoever whatever doctor and they say to you i think i might kill someone i definitely don't think you can let them walk out the door (laughs) it's okay just take your panadol billy you'll be fine That's basically what they did. It was not Panadol, but you know, like... Yeah, I know, but... I I would assume that when he said that, he was on his medication, so... It's... No, it's it's fucked. It's wrong. I'm sorry. I I think it is as well. Some people probably be affronted that I might pretty much lock these people up, but I'm not saying lock them up and throw them... Okay, lock them up till they get better. I was going to say, surely, like... They're too much of a danger to themselves and the public. Surely, like, (laughs) putting them in a psych ward until they say, I don't think I want to kill someone anymore is still a valid choice. Yeah. I don't see how letting him go about... Whatever he's doing in his life has got him into this state. Why would you let him go back out and continue doing that? The, the That's not even is, healthy for him. The other thing is, okay, so he's told a doctor that he feels like he wants to kill someone, and then he attacked two people. Yeah. After the first one, you should have went, okay, this is serious, we need to do something about this. Not just, like, let him go. Like, I... Take the mental health side out of it. Yeah. If anyone did that, if anyone said, I feel like I might kill someone and then attack someone, surely there'd be some kind of process in place to, I don't know what that is. I bet he's white. Not a cop or whatever, but I mean, I don't think that's even relevant. It never mentions. No, but if he wasn't white, say he was a different race. After that first attack, he would have been locked up. Yeah. Anyway, it's obviously (laughs) a very, um, it's just that the, what's the word I'm looking for? The legal and... Governmental systems. Yeah, it's just that the failed process again and is so on broken. Fell through the cracks yet again. That's what I mean. You hear, you hear like how many times have I even said it on this podcast where mm. there were all the warning signs in the world. He even told you he was going to do it. Yeah, and then nothing was done, and then something awful like this happens. Like surely there has someone has to be thinking we might have to change some things. Anyway, so even the woman who was killed, her mother sympathizes with him in a way. I don't think she blames him. I don't entirely blame him either. I don't. I do still think that if you kill someone, then you have to have personal responsibility for that. But I, I he gave fair warning. He, he did. Two people. He said he was in the right state of mind. And they just let him go. Yeah. I feel like there wasn't really anything else that he could have done to get help. He's already tried that and, and it's it failed. doesn't sound like he's faking it because it's been going on since he was 15, supposedly. That's a long time to keep up a, an act. Yeah. So I do think he's definitely got actual mental yeah issues so i've got a quote from the impact statement that the woman's mother gave obviously she's upset Mm. but i think she not i guess not sympathizes but understands how it happened yeah 
That'd be hard. Yeah. So the quote, every day is torture. The pain will never go away. He told mental health workers he was going to kill. If that's not a red flag, what is? When does the system stop and see he's been like this since he was 15, that he wanted to kill his father, that he was going to kill somebody? Since this man was a child, he needed help and nobody gave it. So he killed. Someone didn't do their job and my child suffered because of that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that sums up all the things we were just saying. Yeah, I, I think the state owes that mother compensation. I think so too. Like, I just I don't know what else could have happened to have prevented her being killed. Yeah. It, the, it's the, not like this saying was you want to kill fir- someone has to be the biggest red flag yeah. there is. <laughs> it's not like it was his first, like, outburst. No. It was a steady increase until it finally spilled over and happened, which is always what happens with these people who fall through the cracks every time. They slip through, it's for something worse, and then eventually it's boop. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know how many times that has to happen before the process gets changed. There's a part of me that's like, maybe they thought he was just saying it, but I guess if he has severe mental health issues, you would have thought they might have taken it a bit more seriously. I don't know. Especially after the first attack. Yeah. Uh, so the man was found not guilty of murder. So manslaughter? Due to mental incompetence. Okay. So he'll never be found guilty. Because he's not in his right state of mind. Yeah. Um, and he's been ordered to be held in a mental health detention for life. So while he's not getting jail, he's certainly not going to be a, a free man. Hopefully while he's there, he can get some of the help he needs at least. Yeah. like Maybe, maybe he's there for life. What's the point? What do you mean? What's the point? He's there for life. So it doesn't matter if he gets better anyway now. I guess. But that's a really grim way of looking at it. I mean, I that's hope that he does that. get the help and I hope he gets the help better. as well. But they're probably going to be like, ah, what's the point? He's here forever. Oh, so you think that maybe they won't put as much effort into... Yeah. Yeah, okay. I don't I don't know. I mean I, I, I don't know I what those facilities are like, but Yeah. Nah, that's fucked up, man. I just think that if they had known because like the quote from the persecutor says that he had this big belief, like his whole life was centered around this belief that he was in a simulation and he needed to kill someone. I just don't know how that, you know, isn't flagged somehow. But yeah, that's my story. Well, I'm not gonna make the mood any brighter. Oh really? It's okay guys, my last story is a is a good one. Okay. You only get to die once, right? Probably. Oh my god, here we go. So do it uniquely. Oh my, okay. What are you about Fish to hit me with? launches into a boat off Darwin, killing 56-year-old man. I actually read this one. I told you not to! <laughs> I said ignore stories about fish in Darwin. <laughs> I didn't know it was that one, though. I didn't even know it was in Darwin until I opened it. Actually, I'm not sure I read the whole thing, so hit me with it. This <laughs> is by Swiber Hanifi again. And uh, Stephen Vivian, I think it was for, like, ABC. I forgot to write down who it was. Okay. Check the fucking bibliography or whatever it is. The man had been out fishing with his friends and family on Friday when he was, quote, struck in his chest by a large fish which landed into the boat. Is that something that happens? You go out fishing and the fish throw themselves at you? Apparently. Oh. I I didn't include it in my uh, notes here, but someone in the article was quoted as saying, it's a tragic thing to happen, but it does happen. Right, okay. So, fish quite angry in the Northern Territory by the seams of it, by the sound of it. I mean, fair. A local fisherman is quoted as saying the fish in question was an 18 kilogram, 40 pounds roughly, mackerel. That's a big fish. A mackerel. I I always thought mackerel was a small fish, but I Googled it. No, they're big, aren't they? uh, It seems like they come in all sizes. Right, okay. So, from what I found quickly on Google is there's a Spanish mackerel, which have been reported and caught at these sizes before. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's what this fish was. Let's <laughs> keep saying, you know, fuck me dead's an educational show. So here we are learning that fish. <laughs> so 18 kilograms flying into your chest is going to hurt. That's, uh, a lot yeah. of, that's a lot of blunt force trauma. So naturally they rush back to the port in Cullen Bay in Darwin to awaiting police and paramedics who perform CPR on the man. Uh, suddenly, obviously, he did die in Cullen Bay. They were unable to revive him. Right. Okay. Jeez. So I, I don't know if like 18 kilos that probably broke some ribs maybe or well, I mean, if he, you in if the he, lung. I was going to say he got it to the chest. Is it yeah. possible that like it hit something important? Yeah, well, I was like, 18 kilos. I could break a rib, pop your heart, <sighs> stab a lung, you know, stuff like Jeez. that. They didn't say exactly what the cause of death was beyond. He was hit by a fish and it killed him. Okay. Uh, quoting the local fisherman again, it was hard. Everyone needs to be together right now and to lose someone over a freak accident like that, it was crazy. It's horrible that this would happen on a fishing boat. It's supposed to be a fun day out with your mates. And well, like, yeah. I mean, they're doing quite well in the Northern Territory in terms of global pandemic. I mean, yeah, it really hasn't been much of an issue for them. No. So they're going about their lives, don't have to worry about it, and then boom, fish. Yeah, that's... that's. What are the odds of that, honestly? In Darwin, it seems quite high. Okay. <laughs> in two years prior to this, 
a woman was injured by another slightly smaller 10 kilogram flying mackerel. It hit her and slit her neck open. Oh my god. And not like a small cut, like she needed stitches. The whole front right hand corner of her throat was sliced open. If you look in the article, there is actually a picture of it after it was stitched up. And it's a huge gash. Oh my god. These fish are fucking cooked. But they are, they're served. What, what food, are the odds of that though? Like your neck is a very small part of your body. And this fish comes flying out of the water and, and just cut. Do they have throat. like swords for fins or something? Jesus. I mean, you can cut yourself on scales, so that doesn't totally surprise me. I guess. I, I, won't, I, mean, I won't slip my own tongue open on my own teeth, so. I was just running my tooth along my teeth. Sorry, my tongue along my teeth. And too many teeth. Too many teeth. Yeah. <laughs> slip my tongue across my teeth and cut, cut it. Jesus. Okay. So don't ever go fishing in the Northern Territory is what I'm hearing. Mm. Certainly not for mackerel. No, or anywhere that mackerel might be. I mean, it's bad. they've got crocodiles, no? Yes, saltwater crocodiles, stingrays, shoreless sharks, and mackerel. Uh, when I lived in the tropics, the ones we always watched out for are uh, barracuda. Okay. They'll come and take your toes and fingers and shit. No, They're not huge them. fish, but they swim in big schools and they've got huge teeth. Fuck that. They were, they were the ones we always had someone watching out for and they'd get the, you know, like in Jaws and someone yells out, shark. <laughs> Someone on the boat would be like, barracudas. Well, <laughs> someone in another boat would call across that being barracudas side and everyone gets out of the fucking water. Mm. See, this is why I just don't go in the ocean. It's all bad. Yeah. Fun day's out. <laughs> Except for the time that I got a cigarette burnt on my arm while getting out of the ocean. Not because of barracudas. Someone's bum was just smoking and she put it down. It hit me in the arm. and Rude. Yeah. I fell back in the sea, which kind of Honestly, probably helped, the I best guess. case scenario. Cool water, roughly. Well, I mean, it's tropical water, so it's not that cold. But salty, so, Salt, you know. yeah. It, uh, it was a burn, so it's already cauterized. I mean, I guess. <laughs> hmm, hard to say. Anyway, that's my final story for today. Avoid the <laughs> flying mackerels in Darwin. Jeez, that's, that's really bad. Yeah, it is. It's funny to go, oh my god, like a, a fish jumped out of the water and killed someone. But can you imagine like being that person's family or that person? Yeah. Yeah, no thank you. He's 56, he wasn't that old. Oh my god, that's even worse. Okay, well I'm going to bring your spirits up a little. I can't imagine they're going to go fishing again. I wouldn't. Why would you? Maybe we just leave the fish where they are. Don't get me wrong. Love fish. Love to eat them. <laughs> but uh, maybe we just leave them where they are. It doesn't even say like it was the fish that he was bringing up. Like, oh, I mean, the story hasn't, like, they haven't, it's all secondhand reports of what happened. The family yeah. hasn't come out and said anything yet because obviously, you know, their family member just died. Yeah. Probably don't um, want to talk to the media about a flying fish at that point. Yeah. Was it a fish that he was hauling in? Was it someone else who brought it in and hit him? Did it yeah. just jump out of the boat? No, out of the ocean and hit them? Yeah, I don't know. The other thing is that if it did force itself out of the water, that must be in like quite a bit of force it would yeah. take for the fish to do that and then for that to hit you directly in the chest. Mm. Fuck it. No, 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 no. I remember I was on a boat once in New Guinea and someone was fishing. And we were like, a, there was a feeding frenzy that we found. Mm. And so they started fishing in it. <laughs> we got one half of a fish out of the ocean and the shark got the other half. <laughs> so the fish they caught, a shark jumped onto it on the other end. Oh no, I hate that. Mm-mm. And then there was another fish they caught, and then when they went to gut it, all the white bait fell out of it <laughs> that it had been eating. Okay, well, I'm going to gonna bring you back up again after that really depressing story. Two in a row. <laughs> I usually do the depressing stories. What's going on here? <laughs> Might have seen recently a video from 1998 that's doing the rounds on social media. No. Okay, so Bill Morgan is featured in the video. Who? Bill Morgan. Oh, You're not meant is. to know who this person is because he is just an average, everyday Australian man. Okay. He had a heart attack in June 1998 and died for 14 minutes, which I feel like, isn't that meant to be medically impossible to come back from that? Mm, no. There have been stories of people who have like died in a freezing river and been dead for like an hour and been brought back. 14 minutes is definitely a long time, but I thought it's not after three of. minutes with no oxygen to the brain, like you're basically a vegetable, isn't it? Anyway, I'm not a doctor, not going to pretend to be one, um, but the doctors did manage to revive him and he was in a coma for 15 days. Well, there you go. Not long after he was released from hospital, he decided to buy an instant scratchy. Does this okay. ring any bells now? I think I know this story, yeah. <laughs> and won a new car worth 30k. Now, his story caught the attention of the media because obviously... What a lucky cool dude. Yeah, like, what a <laughs> lucky guy. He, like, you know, nearly died, came back from the dead, and he just won a brand new car, like, straight away. Just on an aside here, the longest time between someone being dead and then revived happened to an Audrey Schumann. Uh, her heart died for more than six and a half hours uh. before she was revived after a cardiac arrest. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. So the media decided to get him to recreate the moment that he won the car on the scratchy. So yep. 
They film him going to the same news agency, buying another scratchy and scratching it off. Actually, is scratchy a thing for overseas listeners? We it's call a them scratch a off lottery ticket. Yeah, they do have them. I don't know if they call them scratchy. Yeah, I, I don't know like scratch and wins or whatever like that. But I mean, yeah. I've seen them on The Simpsons, so they definitely they definitely exist. So I'm just not sure if they call them scratchies because that sounds pretty Australian. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, just in case. So he scratches it off and he says, I just won $250,000. I'm not joking. I think I'm going to have another heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> At least he can, well, he doesn't need to pay for it because it's free medical care. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I have heard this story before. So he wins a car. They get him to recreate the moment and then he wins $250,000. Sorry. Do you think he thought to himself, did I die and go to heaven? Yeah. <laughs> so obviously... Lucky man, right? Like, I don't I don't know why this has gone viral again since it happened like 22 years ago. <laughs> I think people are just looking for something to enjoy. <laughs> yeah, probably. So before this all happened to him, he was living in a caravan park in Melbourne's outer suburbs. So like he wasn't, you know, earning a lot of money. I mean, if you're living in a... I don't think people live in a caravan park by choice. Let's be real. Probably not. Unless like you own a caravan and you're caravanning around. Mm. But he's now 50, 59 and says that he still buys scratchies but hasn't had the same kind of luck since then. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> I don't think he could be that lucky that it happened again. Although there are those people that just win lotto all the time. And I'm like, fuck you all. Yeah, there's certainly, you know, that whole you gotta be in it to win it kind of thing. Mm. Like, I, I know someone on Twitter and they're always winning shit, but they enter like every single competition they see. So it's just like weight of numbers kind of thing. Yeah, I guess. But I can't, I'm like, oh, I should do it as well. But then you, the, the, to enter competition, especially through Twitter, it's always like, like 36 different Twitter pages, <laughs> yeah. subscribe and tag a bunch of mates. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I can't. I just want to go in the draw. Yeah. He took his 250,000 winnings, bought a house outright, which apparently shocked the real estate agent he used. I guess not many people pay cash for a house. What year did this happen? 1998. You could buy a house in 1998 for $250,000? Melbourne, outer suburbs. Yeah, I think so. God, the property market really has fucked itself, isn't it? Um, and he invested the rest of the money, so he even had some left over. <laughs> Christ. Um, so unfortunately for Bill, his health is not the best. Um, I mean, he had a cardiac arrest, right? Yeah, he does. He still has heart issues and arthritis, and he's had some other family battles along the way. But I've got a got a quote from Bill, which I hope, like, especially right now in our COVID world, might force some perspective. So a quote from Bill. I'm either on the highest of highs or the lowest of lows. But look, I've had a bonus 22 years, and that's the way you should live your life. Every day I get up and put on my shoes, and even if I'm not real well... I have a shuffle down the road and smell the roses. Look at the sun and think about how lucky I am. I won $250,000. The house I own, I live in, I own. I've got a nice enough car that I own. Sure, I had to retire, but it was all for the best. Hmm. And there was like a bit before that that I didn't include, which I should have, but he was saying that he was just, he was lucky that he got more time with his wife. And I'm like, oh, that's so nice. So how old was he when he had the heart attack? So let me do some quick math. He's now 59. Oh, gosh, so he's in his 30s. Fuck, yeah. that's really young too. 37. To have a cardiac arrest. Yeah. Mm. And obviously a, a bad one. Mm, so. I did some Googling as well while you were looking at that. Uh, so the longest clinical death anyone's ever had, mm -hmm. which is so to be clinically dead, you're not, your body's not circulating blood and you're not breathing, mm -hmm. uh, belongs to Velma Thomas, she's an American of West Virginia. And uh, she was declared clinically dead for 17 hours after doctors failed to detect brain activity. Uh, her son, Tim Thomas, stated that her skin had already started hardening. Her hands and toes were curling up and she was, they were already drawn. I don't know what that means. She was taken off life support and funeral arrangements were in progress. However, 10 minutes after being taken off life support, she uh, revived. Holy shit. Yeah. So she was like, but like into how rigor was mortis. she after? Like, was she okay? I mean, she was alive. Was... Yeah, but like. Just makes you think of that classic um, Simpsons episode or joke where uh, Monty Burns is shot. He's taken to hospital and pronounced dead. It's like he was then taken to a, a second better hospital where his condition was updated to alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. There you go. You can have 17 hours. I mean, I wouldn't bank on it. No, definitely <laughs> wouldn't. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was a good story to end it on, especially like I know life's a bit um not great right now. <laughs> I don't know, I keep being like, friends in other states and stuff, and they're like, oh, he was out on a date the other night. Like, yeah, no, it's weird. You can't go out. What are you doing? <laughs> you going out? What? I don't know. If I reckon if I was still living in Sydney, I probably still wouldn't be going out. It's, it's very odd, because I mentioned last week, I think we're under some of the strictest lockdowns, if not the strictest lockdown in the world at the moment. Mm. So it is weird to me when I see other people out and about, 
or even on like TV shows now. I'm starting to think to myself, yeah. oh, fucking weird. <laughs> what are these people doing? Yeah. I don't know. It, it's it's hard for me because like I'm not having a bad time. Mm. I, I feel like I've been training for this my whole life. <laughs> but like, yeah, honestly, I mean, there, there are some things that I miss, but certainly not anything that I can't live without. I'm worrying about when I have to go back to work because it's been so long since I've done any work, really. Surely there's going to be like some accommodation for that because it'd I be unrealistic just... to expect you to just like be able to dump straight back into it. Not, not even ever get recourse, just like if I have to re-enter the workforce, I think it's going to be a real struggle. Yeah. After just weeks and months of pretty much doing nothing. I hope it's not. I hope because it's something, you know, I'm like, oh, cool. Got a reason to get up in the morning, <laughs> get back into it. But a part of me, I th- I'm like, oh, will I be worried? Like in the background, part of my mind going, this is bullshit. I want to be at home getting paid to do nothing again. I do worry about that. I'm like, is that going to be what I become? I, I hope not. I don't think so. You say you're bored now. Why wouldn't you want someone else to do? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I don't ever want to go back into the office <laughs> ever. My, my big concern <laughs> is that I'll get recoursed, go through this phase, keep going a bit. And then, like, later on, it'll be like, all right, recall this thing. And I'm like, I yeah. learned that two and a half years ago. No, I don't remember what the fuck this is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but again, hopefully they'll take some consideration to that and be like, well, okay. Yeah. But at least as, as long as it's something I have learned before, it won't be having to relearn it. It'll just be like a quick memory joke. Be like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we'll see. But I, th- I think. I, th- I think we're I done. I think we're done. I think. I feel like it was a very quick episode. Yeah. Probably like just under an hour. Yeah. Okay. So if you'd like to submit stories that you'd like us to cover on the podcast or give us any feedback or anything at all, really, you can email us at fmedeadpodcast at gmail.com. That's fmedeadpodcast at gmail.com. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at fuckmedeadpod to keep up to date on when episodes are released and more. All this information and more will be available in the episode notes. And you can also find it on our website at fuckmedeadpodcast.com. That was very professional. I know. Usually I just flapper about and yeah. fuck it up. <laughs> but uh, it pays to read, kids. Well, I don't no think way. any children listen to this show. I hope not because, <laughs> poor boy. <laughs> Ooh, Mom, what's bestiality? <laughs> Timmy, who taught you that? And we'll get a letter in the mail. It'll be, it'll be fun to get an email from someone. Yeah. will <laughs> be like, you taught my son about dog fucking. Well, that's not our fault. <laughs> he could have learned the same thing by reading the news. <laughs> and I just encourage reading, so you know. M- mistakes have been made. Screwed either way. <laughs> I'm not intended. Uh, <sighs> you can also subscribe if you have the time and leave us a review. You can see it now. One star, too much dog. Oh my god. Abuse. Oh, I really killed the momentum of this episode. Yeah, yeah, you just you killed it. You tried again. Try and pick it back up. No, I'm done. <laughs> okay. Enjoy cool. your non quarantine lives, everyone, because I think most people listening to this don't live in Melbourne, so. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that about does it. I don't but- even know how many more weeks of this shit we got. <laughs> Of what? Of quarantine? Yeah. How long is stage four I don't for? I fucking know. It was September sometime, wasn't it? Already it was halfway six through weeks. August. I think we're already like halfway through. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> Yeet. Okay. Well, on that note, we're done. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks for listening again this week. And we'll be back at the same time next week. What is time anymore? Oh, my God. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye.